0: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God who is generous in forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. The word of the Lord.
1: to all who call on him.
0: Every day will I bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable.
1: The Lord is near to all who call on him.
0: The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. The Lord is near
1: to all who call on him.
0: The Lord is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him to all who call upon him in truth.
1: The Lord is near to all who call on him.
0: A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to live life is Christ, and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I shall choose. I am caught between the two. I long to depart this life and be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. Only conduct yourselves in a way worthy of the gospel of Christ. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia,
0: I am your servant, Lord, speak to me, you have
1: the words of everlasting life. Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon, and around three o'clock, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around, and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too, go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last, is the conclusion of today's Gospel Pericope, the section from the 20th chapter of St. Matthew, verses 1 through 16. And this parable that Jesus uses is a response to things that have occurred in the previous chapter as it's presented. One thing that has happened is that a rich young man has come to the Lord inquiring as to what is the key to procuring eternal life. And Jesus asked him about the commandments to which he responded, I've kept those since my youth. What, what else must I do? And Jesus said, then there's one more thing. If you choose and truly desire to be perfect, Go and sell your possessions. Take the proceeds. Give those to the poor. Then come and follow me. The rich man, his face fell sad, and he departed. Jesus then had to receive the word of Peter, Lord, we have given up everything to follow you. What can we expect? And Jesus said solemnly, I assure you, there is no one who has left families, mothers, fathers, wives, or children and properties for my sake and that of the gospel, who will not have these things returned to them a hundredfold now and in the life to come. All of these things a hundredfold, but persecutions added. So there is in the minds of the disciples, as is in our minds, I'm sure, especially when life comes at all of us as it does, and it can get very, very difficult and we wonder about things because one of the issues that has perennially um, troubled the minds of believers throughout the ages is, is that it seems as if God is unjust towards those who serve him. It seems as if those who serve God end up on the short end of the stick. But that's depending upon which perspective we are looking at this. Remember this parable, and whenever Jesus gives us a parable, they are always meant to to shock us. There's always something in the parable that you're like, that's not right. And what we come to discover in this parable, what's the the zinger? The landowner is crazy. The landowner is crazy. Crazy. In the terms of secular business, you don't give somebody who comes in at the last hour five from one hour a full day's wage. You don't do that. Not if you want to remain soluble financially soluble and and able to, to gain. So what we have here is so key to hear. This is a kingdom, this is a parable about the kingdom of God in the world, but not of the world. It's about the ways of God, not the ways of humanity gone wrong in sin. And we, we gain the, the foreshadowing of what this gospel is fleshing out from us, for us in the, in the first reading, the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55. And this is a time in which the, the Israelites, the children of God, are in the throes of Babylonian captivity. They are actually now at the point where they actually feel as though they have lost even the love of God, their hope for God, the relationship they have with God. They think it's gone. And here the word comes. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, for to our God, who is generous and forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. This parable is a, is a teaching about the generosity of God, particularly as it pertains to his love and mercy, which far surpass his justice. And if you notice in the parable, the laborers that were first, the day laborers, and, and to be a day laborer, was to be someone who was not attached. They didn't have permanent employment. They would place themselves in the marketplace in hope that the, the owners of the land, the massive the landowners of the, of the region, would hire them for a day's work. And that wage that they would receive would be sufficient for them to feed their families for a day. So, in regard to how they are selected, it, it is if it wasn't for the owner. Being taking the initiative and inviting them to work, they would have no work. And you notice how it speaks of them standing by idle. I remember coming up as a child. My mother, my grandmother, my brothers and I would be just hanging out. You know, in a in a in a day, it's a beautiful day, the summertime, just hanging out, just sitting around doing nothing. Y'all get up and do something. What's wrong with y'all? It's not good to be sitting around idle. Do th- go and do something constructive. You know, don't you know, a- an idle mind and body is the devil's workshop. Well, I remember that saying, and this is really an insight. That saying that many of us may have heard as we were coming up is very pertinent to what this. why it says idle. These laborers represent all of the Gentile world. The first ones who were called to go into the vineyard, which, again, symbolic of the kingdom of God, they are the Israelites who were chosen by God to be a light to the nations. And they were promised the usual daily wage. It was specified, you're going to get the usual daily wage. But everybody else was told they would receive something just. They would receive something just. Now, those first laborers went into the vineyard thinking, well... We're going to get the usual daily wage. They're thinking Jesus is is employing two, he's comparing and contrasting two economies here. The economy of exchange and the economy of gift. The economy of exchange is like a tit-for-tat. The owner has the work to be done. The laborers have the service they can render. So it's agreed upon the, own, the, 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 the their laborers have a responsibility to toil, to render the service that's going to give the owner a, 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 the, the, his, his return on his investment. The owner has the obligation to pay those laborers for what they have worked for. Very rarely will it exceed what they have rightly worked for. But in the economy of gift, it declines the tit for tat dynamic. This is an economy that's based on magnanimity, generosity that is beyond what one deserves or expects. In fact, it's not even based on merit as such. It's gratuitous. It's totally based on the disposition of the one who is owning and who is the owner and who has this ability? And so when the payment is being rendered, what do we hear? The first ones are thinking, wow, he starts with the last, he gives them the usual daily wage. They're thinking this is and it's no. He says, I've not, I've not done you an injustice. Did you or did you not agree with me for this? Am I not free? to do what I will with my, with my money. Are you jealous? Are you envious of me? Because I'm generous. Again, if we're looking at this from a perspective of the world, from the way we all, mostly all of us, are accustomed to going at it, then yes, it's a problem, and it's meant to be that. The parables are meant to shock us. It's a radical turning upside down of the world in relationship to, way, to the ways of God. And in truth, the work that we are invited to the vineyard is eternal life. The daily wage is eternal life. And this is the will of God, the desire of God. Some of us have been faithful to, our, to God since we've been baptized as cradle Catholics and going forth, serving this way and serving that way. Some of us, later in life, maybe in our mid-twenties, thirties, maybe forties, had a, wonder, a tremendous experience of the Lord and came full force, given everything we've got, striving. There are still others who came a little later, and there are others who will come at the last moments. And the graciousness of God is such that even those who have the quote-unquote deathbed conversion They will enter the same heaven as Mother Teresa, John Paul II, St. Faustina, St. Francis of Assisi, all the great saints that we celebrate, they will enter that same heaven, which is what? The vision of God, communion with God, the life of God, all of us participating in this. Very often, if you think about it, when we think about heaven, we think about the reward of heaven, we often think about it like in terms of what we can identify on this world, like maybe it's going to be like this big play field and all the goodies, we're going to have this, this unbelievable time. Well, there will be an abundance of everything you could ever hope for. But more than that, it's about being perfectly united with God, being about the business of God. Can you imagine being in heaven and Mother Teresa being there and you encounter Mother Teresa and you ask, Mother, can, can you please... Uh, I, I, I never really learned how to cook. Would you, would you mind feeding me? Could you imagine us saying to you in heaven, my child, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> do you realize how much I labor, and I lived with the poorest of the poor? I don't think so. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. In heaven, we are absolutely divested of self, totally in communion with love, which is absolutely other-centered, putting the good of others. Listen to St. Paul today. He says, I long, I long to be in heaven, out of the body. As long as I'm in the body, I'm away from heaven. But yet, I long. That's my preference. That's what I desire. However, I forego that because I know it's more beneficial to you that I remain as I am. That that is an expression of someone who has allowed Christ Jesus to take full possession of them. As St. Paul himself says, it's no longer I who am living, but Christ living in me. Don't get me wrong, he says, I'm still living my human life, but it's a life of faith in the one who has loved me and given himself over for me. So if we find ourselves struggling still yet with the dynamics of the economy of gift relative to the economy of exchange, don't beat yourself up. It's simply a reminder. It's the Holy Spirit's way of reminding us we still have work to do in terms of converting, conversion, transformation of the heart to the way God sees and to the way God is. When we arrive in that blessed life, in its fullness, we will all be absolutely satisfied. We will all have everything we need to enjoy the blessedness of that eternal life. And as regards being made equal to someone who may be unequal or vice versa, what is the usual daily wage? that Jesus affords to all whom he calls to labor in this kingdom, in the world but not of the world. It is the most blessed sacrament. Everyone receives from one bread and one cup. Equal. No one is cheated. Even if you receive the smallest piece of a host or one drop of the precious blood, you have received the fullness of life which is God. So our challenge is to truly let this word steep in our hearts to understand this is about the generosity of God. It's never too late for the sinner to recognize their ways in a way that is not in compliance with the way of God to repent and seek forgiveness, and it will be granted. This is the will of our Father in heaven. And so we need his grace. We need this grace to accept it first and foremost for ourselves, and what we accept based on the generosity of God for ourselves, we must be willing to communicate this to everyone we encounter, without exception this is the way, this is the truth, this is the life. One of the greatest mystics of the church, St. Catherine of Siena, said, Jesus discloses himself in response to Thomas as the way, the truth, and the life. Well, if that's the case, then the way which leads to heaven is heaven. The way which leads to heaven is heaven heaven. God love you.